Welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in the Chicagoland area, and I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz, and we are going to have a conversation today. But before we get into that conversation... Um, we're going to do another conversation. We're going to do a, a pre-conversation. Yeah. This is kind of, if you've been following with us for any amount of time, you know that this is a moment where we kind of talk about whatever we want. <laughs> we get to have our opinions about the news and video games. And today, Tommy, yes. I would like to know more. Yeah. About something that you left out of your interview when I interviewed you. There's like a that, lot that I left well, out. I found out that you were in the rodeo. Okay. You, all right. Yep. Um, what do you mean? Yep. Yeah. Were you? Uh, did, well, okay. Let, let me explain it. So I, I did, um, I, I bull rode for a season of my life. Sorry. Wait, what? I, I bull rode ride. bulls. Yeah. Bull ride. yeah so bull is that riding. the guy? That's when they put the bull in the in in the little cage there the shoot, they yep. strap your hand to the thing yeah. and you have your other hand like waving in, in the, the air, air yep. while the bull tries to get the belt that they tightened <laughs> off of him <laughs> exactly yes yeah exactly and you that. have to stay on for 8 seconds, eight seconds yep. in order to get to the next one and then a bunch of clowns show up and yeah, they, try to draw his attention exactly. away so he doesn't kill you exactly so you jump off after and then they give Tommy, you a score how in the world did you get into bull riding <laughs> um it was a, a a girl in high school Way yeah up. right so like how does <laughs> how, right? in the yeah i mean how does anyone get into anything in high school so i yeah i did that um a couple of times in my high school life and uh to bull riding mm -hmm, to try and impress a girl so like, did she just hang around the stables and stuff? No, and that was like, like her, her, like that's, yeah, she, she did that. Um, not the bull riding, but the rodeo. Did she do the horse riding? Mm -hmm. Like the horse barrel riding? Yeah. So, oh, so yeah. you were like, what can I get involved in, in this rodeo? That's, yeah, that's uh, subsequent or adjacent to and that. And the choice was clown or bull rider. <laughs> yeah, figured the latter would have and been you better. Chose, yeah. Have you, okay, have you ever been speared by a bull? Nope, never speared, but I have been stepped on. Um, does that hurt? It does. Yeah. Surprisingly a lot. <laughs> They're big. Uh, so I actually had to, I had to stop because I, I got injured and, uh, my parents and well, I guess me too, took my wrestling career very seriously. Mm. So anything that, uh, so the riding of the bulls was getting in the way of the yeah, wrestling. Not can, yeah. Did you ever think at yeah. some point while you were riding the bulls, I have a future in this? Uh, no, never. Did you ever make it eight seconds? Yeah. Yeah. Once or twice. Oh. I was not very good. It was a short-lived thing. How do you train? Do you go on the a mechanical bull? <laughs> no. Oh. Okay, so uh, a, a buddy, a buddy of a buddy of mine, honky tonk, and <laughs> no. have yourself no, some tonk. slits. Well, this was in Wisconsin, um, and some slits. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so uh, you would, you know, those big um, blue like barrels. Uh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the ones they mm -hmm. ride around. So they would. Uh, my buddy, what he did is uh, in his barn. Uh, in Illinois, he took that and um, put some springs on it and some bungee ropes, and essentially you would sit on that with the rope and pull, and you would move, and that was the just the most redneck <laughs> thing. The, I here's what I here's what I tell people is that in Wisconsin, there's not much to do. You know, there's cornfields. You can run through them. And blue barrels That's that you put great. springs yeah. on. You can cow to tip. Simulate People don't typically like the cow tipping. You know, that's kind of rude to the animal and to the farmer. So you chose um, bull riding instead. Yeah, all right. So it's, don't get at me, PETA. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, for for a, a short. That season is of amazing. Life. How yeah. old were you? Goodness, 14, 14? Oh my gosh, you were Freshman. a fourteen-year-old bull rider. Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Wow. Or maybe it Tommy? was maybe it was sophomore. I don't know. How in somewhere the world, in there there was the, a there was a stint into that. Yeah, in my life. How in the world did I leave? Did we leave that out of your interview? We didn't get into the weeds, you know. Uh, that's really in the weeds of my life. Uh, video games is another one <laughs> that's year. really in the weeds. Uh, the, like those are things that are like you should write a past, book. gone, forgotten. You should write a book though. My year bull riding. Yeah, it was <laughs> my my what year as a fourteen year old bull rider. <laughs> yep, yep, and uh, it was short and sweet. Speaking of bull riding mm-hmm. and rednecks. Mm. Uh, our guest today is amazing because yeah. he's from the country. He's from, he's a country boy. Yes, and uh, he likes to cook. He does, and not only does he like to cook, but I have personally eaten his food, and it is yeah top tier. It good. is off. The, so he made um, he made my family some some food mm-hmm. this year for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Looking over to yeah. Christmas, <laughs> was that and it was ridiculous how good it was. Yeah, it was I, honestly, I, I, yeah. It's it's hard he to describe. My his mac and cheese changed my life. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I, it's ruined me for all mac and cheese. Yeah, you can't have it anymore no, unless it's from it him. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And he had the beef brisket there. Oh my word! I oh yeah, about it now makes yeah. me happy. The man knows his way around a grill and meat and good food for sure. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk to him. Yes, and so we should probably introduce who that's going to be. It is Jamel Richardson. He is not only a master chef and a, a, a barbecue pit master, as some might call him. I think I saw a video of that one time. And uh, But he's also a small group leader. He's the deacon of uh, men's ministry at a Rolling Meadows campus. All around great dude. And so you guys are going to have a conversation because everyone has a story and he has one as well. And so we're going to do that right now. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. I'm sitting here with uh, Jamel Richardson. Mm-hmm. Jamel, you and I met each other like six months ago, and you were immediately one of my favorite people at Harvest Bible Chapel, mostly because uh, I enjoy being friends with large, friendly men. Yeah. <laughs> and you're one of those. But yeah. it's, been, it's been great. Uh, you need to tell the people a little bit where you're from. Well, um, I'm a debark the master chef. I'm not a master chef, but I oh, do cook. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. I just know I've eaten your cook. food. I know you have. What makes a master chef a master chef? Oh, uh, they got they know a lot of stuff, which I know probably, but I won't mention it. But they know a lot of stuff and techniques that make them a master chef. So uh, you're just being humble. I'm, I'm trying to, but <laughs> I'm trying to, but I'm okay. Um, I grew up in Chicago, so in in 35th and Federal. What's yeah, that? That's right White near Sox Naperville, Park. right? No, that's not Naperville. Uh, uh, White Sox Park, um, across the ways, across the Vidoc, is where the expressway splits us open. And this used to be the project building. Um, I was born and raised there uh, from 30, 22nd to 51st State Street. It's where a lot of projects was built um, in Chicago, Illinois, which you, 
you probably won't see them now. There's a lot of Starbucks. But, yeah, when I grew up, it wasn't Starbucks. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. Well, uh, what was it if it wasn't Starbucks? Uh, it was big buildings with a lot of crime, a lot of um, uh, self, what can we, uh, not self-motivation, but you need to learn quick. If yeah. you don't, you'll get hurt. So um, I had a pretty distant family around me. Um, I had a cousins, aunties, grandmother. Um, Did you all live very close to each other in the same kind okay, of? Okay, this uh, one, we, the, the buildings, it started from 3517. Um, and then the buildings, they got to go by numbers. That's how, if you born from Stateway Garden, you would notice that it, it from 3517 on back. Yeah. And 39th, you'll know, you know, these different funk city, different areas. Um, they understand that you are from there because just by the numbers, you knowing mm-hmm. where they from and, and, you know, 10 stories of different things, you know, all these different areas. They're like, yeah, he, he from there. Um, but it started from 3517. My grandma lived there on the sixth floor. Um, she had, um, if I'm my counting wrong, probably like six kids, eight kids in one apartment. Um, my wow. uncles. Uh, How big is the apartment? It, it was not big, but it, we we fed in there. Uh, we we fit in the apartment, but um, my uncle wasn't there. He was in Texas. My other uncle was in jail. Uh, my other uncle was there, but he rented went to jail. My mother, my auntie was, was a lot growner, and my other auntie was gone to Texas as well. Um, and my other auntie was. Um, they can eat the Texas too as well. So I had a couple of people, they split, but they all come all the time to the house when she was living. Uh, she died when I was five. Oh, wow. Um, but she left a foundation in our family that I can say that pass on from as far as cooking and stuff like that. So wow. that's why. Is that where, did you first learn how to cook with um, her? No, I remember when I was young, I was too young to notice, but I noticed these certain things that on a Sunday, well, on a Sunday, uh, food was cooked. Everybody came. Even my grandmother feed everybody in the buildings. Doesn't matter. You're around the corner. Um, doesn't matter. They knew she was cooking because they'll smell it. Yeah. So they'll come and say, you you cooking, Miss Miss Ethel? And she'll say, yeah, baby, you want to play? <laughs> and that's how my grandma was. My, my, um, my kind of woman. Yeah. yeah that's great. <laughs> uh, so but other than that, that's how I got my, I guess, my fill of cooking my cousin, which is God rest his soul, he passed. Uh, went to Chef Monty. Was a great cook. My cousins were great, great cooks. My mother, great cook. My other auntie's a great cook. Yeah. So, so it's a family. It's a family full of cooks. Yeah. So even they not cooking in the restaurant or whatever, they just cook really well. So, but um, it's pretty much if you want to have a cookout in my household, it's a problem. If you can't cook, they'll talk about you. <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah. So like, how? How old were you when you left that area? Did you go to um, high school and everything through there? No. Um, so, um, backstory: when my grandmother passed, uh, she's five. We moved to uh, we was moving back and forth. So we went to Seminary and Western, which is Seminary and Artesian, because um, my, my grandma left. She had inheritance and she left money. So my auntie bought a house. Yeah. Um, that house saved my life um, because. Being in a house taught me some type of foundation because my dad wasn't around as much. Yeah. So my dad wasn't, I knew of my dad, I knew what he was, but he wasn't around to raise me. It's just my mom. Yeah. Uh, so she was a single mother doing the best she could. And 
taught me the best she could, the one she could, because you know she didn't finish high school or anything like that. But she taught me what she can teach me. Yeah. Um, your brothers and sisters? No. Just um, when she she had me, she said I was done. I was the last one. She said because I was just too much. I guess for, <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, you're worth three kids. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I, I can say that. <laughs> I can say that. This, but um, yeah. And then we, we moved with my auntie for like two years. Then we went back to the projects. Okay. For another two years. So I, was, I, I left the area that I was at, went back because my mother was living with someone in the projects. Mm. And the lady jumped out the window. Oh, my word. suicide. Uh, for that what she was for living case, with? With the lady we was living with, yeah. And my, my mother. How old were you? I can guess like eight, seven, eight. Wow. So... She tried to keep the apartment, but the apartment house said she was too far behind. Yeah. So we had to move back to Seven Out the Western to my auntie's house. Um, my auntie provided a home for a young boy and her sister. Um, and my uncle, which is, you know, he's still living. God rest his soul. I love him. Um, as me watching them, I, I kind of got a sense of family for my cousin because they always taught me how to do things. And watch them. So when we all lived in the projects, one of my thing my cousin taught me how to is to watch people, watch them very well. Um, gangs, that was just nothing for me. I, I knew the gangs. I knew every person in the gang. I grew up with them. Basically, I was like, if you from that building, they automatically thought you was a gang member anyway. So it's like, okay, I'm a gang member. Whatever case, you want to call me. But I never had to really gang bang at all. Um, my cousin actually probably protect me a lot more it's because he told me. That um, to watch the people around me, and I watched my people around me. When I watched my cousin, he how he chooses friends, he chooses friends very wisely. Um, and the same people he chose is the same people we still talk to today. Uh, he was very he was in the streets, but he's very wise. Yeah, in the streets, um, you don't see like too many OGs like that to, to actually say that I'm wise and and I know these streets better. Um, but he's not, you know, he's a grown man. Family man, yeah, living in Minnesota, done. My other cousin the same, living. He still he still live in Chicago, but family man worked for the railroad. You won't even think he was in the gang, but what they, was it about uh, the gangs that made it so that you didn't get um, involved with them, or well, was, was it just something inside of you that you're like, I don't no, want to do that? No, or? what he what he told me was uh, watch the guys that actually got the the cars and the drugs and watch me. Um, so. I watched them. I, when I was young, I had watched them. I said, okay, what is all about this attraction that you got the, the guns, you got all these different things, but afterwards, what you got there after that? What do you have after that? Nothing, basically. You got to watch your back. You got to turn around your yeah. back. You got to do all these different things. Um, so I chose to go the other way. Yeah. I think the Lord's provision chose me to go this way. Um, because in my story, I can tell you, I've been in the worstest places in Illinois and never got touched. Mm. That's impossible. Yeah. Um, I can go through 55th and Prairie, 55th and Tremont, normal, uh, with different opposition gangs, Mickey Cobras. I was in Motown on 55th. I was in these, this area over there walking or going to some girl house or whatever with a friend and never got touched. That's impossible. Yeah. That's the Lord's provision. So. So did you grow up in a, in, did, going to church? No. No. Um, Backstory is that when I, I listen to a lot of hip-hop. I love hip-hop music. Best hip-hop. Nas. Best. best. The best. Nas, The Roots, all, anything East. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, 
I still listen to it to this day. And even the Christian rapper, they they get that little flair that yeah. I'm, I'm picking it up. Like KB got uh, all these different artists that's out there that's spitting game, and I I, I cancel that. I'm like I listen to it, and I'm like, okay, all right, you know. So um, I listen when I listen to hip hop. I thought Jesus and Allah was the same thing. Yeah. Until I met my queen. Um, until I met my wife. My wife was uh, a Christian. I was was a Christian before, but I can say she merged with an unequally yoked man and turned me to a, <laughs> a Christian, but um, not turned me to Christian. Praise but God. Exposed me to being a Christian. But uh, the backstory of that is that she's a warrior because I told, she said, okay, I want to have a um, Christian family. And I said, okay. She said, do you read the Bible? I said, it bores me. It bores you. I say, yeah, but you can read the Quran, but you can't read the Bible. I say, it bores me. It makes me boring. It don't tell me anything. Being an African-American, we cleanse to the um, the Muslim side of things, you know, because of the Israelites type of thing. Yeah. So I kind of like went to that way because of my skin color. Didn't understand the biblical test of that. Uh, didn't understand that what our heritage come from Africa and it come from the Bible or different things like that at all. Didn't understand these different things. Um, but it is easy to hear that. But yeah, so that was a, a week of not talking to me, and she didn't talk to me for a week. Um, she's gonna kill me for this the story. Uh, but so yeah, she didn't talk to me for a week. So I said, okay, okay, okay. Let's I'll just, read the I, Bible. I go to church and read the Bible. And um, and anybody know my wife? They know how um, she's in the Word. Um, she's strong, strong woman of God, and she's a tough cookie. So, yeah. yeah. So, at what point did you start? It start making sense for you. Um, we went to several churches. Um, went to several churches and different things, and we kind of went to. Uh, my wife was living to walk in the word back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she said, "Well, this is past. Listen to him." And he was saying, "Blah blah blah." He was talking, and he was like, "Yeah." I said, "I want to go visit." I'm like, okay, let's go visit. We drove forty minutes at the time. Uh, went to I think we just they had one in Niles yeah. at the time we went to the Niles location we met um, and let's listen to him speak and I'm like the dude scares me literally yeah he's screaming he scares me I'm not I, I don't want nobody screaming at me and that, that's my spirit saying yeah you're in the wrong place or you're in the right place you need to leave or yeah. that bad spirit like you need to go hurry up kept going. And my wife saying, just kept going, kept going, kept going. Got myself in a small group. Um, and during this time, um, during this time that we was going through this situation, going to, to the church beforehand, um, my family and my, my wife and I were hitting eye to eye when we first got married. Um, going back to when we got married, we got married six months after we know each other. Oh. Yeah. So I can tell anybody that we was built by grace yeah. of the Lord. Um, but my wife was going through some things. I was working in the hotels. I was a chef in the hotels, a supervisor in the Marriott. And my wife uh, was going home. I was gone half of the time. And um, I wasn't clinging to my wife and being her first, in other words. Um, during this situation, committed adultery mm. in the hotel room, in the hotel place. Um didn't tell my wife for three years. When we got to Harvest, um, that conviction uh, kind of hit me because in the long run, my wife was pregnant. 
And she was pregnant with my son, Seth, for five or six months, and then she miscarried. Oh. Okay? So when she miscarried, I didn't understand what the Lord was teaching me. And uh, I go back to the story of David. When he had this secret, when the prophet came and said, okay, I'm going to come over here, and you're doing something wrong, and blah, 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 blah. You just tell them everything. And um, after three years, I confessed my wife my sin. It was like I, she, like I just told her yes. She did something just happened yesterday. Um, I confessed my sin. I said, honey, I failed and blah, blah, blah. She was upset. But I was mentally prepared to lose my marriage, but I cleansed my soul. I cleansed my sin. He confessed the sin, faithful and just. Yeah, forgive your sin. He, he forgave me. I'm forgiven. Even if you leave me, I'm still forgiven. I slept on the couch um, for about a month. Yeah. Uh, was going to worship just like usual, uh, in small group like usual. The guy saying, "Stay strong." If she leave you, I was gonna say there have been heartbreaking for you, or just hard, hard uh, month, and also really hard month for her. I was. It was a hard <laughs> month for her. For one, uh, for two, is that um, she had to look at herself and see what did she do wrong with the Lord. So she searched the scriptures like crazy during this time. Uh, any other woman probably would just kick me out and say, you leave, go, goodbye, I don't need you, you cheated yeah. and stuff. But my wife didn't do that. Uh, she went, she searched the scriptures and searched the Lord. Um, and it was, just, it was a, a phantom during the time, but it, I still say um, she searched the scriptures and she said she forgave me. And that's when I truly accept Jesus, my Lord, Jesus Christ, my Lord, and Savior during that time when she said she forgave me. Wow. She taught me forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, she taught me um, what to do now? After that, I got my redeemer child, which is my son Elijah. Yeah. Um, right after that, like a, I guess like a week, two. <laughs> Elijah was like, "I'm praying again." I'm like, "Oh, sweet." Yeah. <laughs> like, and um, so the Lord, re- the Redeemer, uh, redeemed me, my son again, yeah. just by confessing my sin. Yeah. So I can relate with David when David says, uh, "You know, yeah. if you do these things now." Going through this process, notice that you got to search into self what, what do you have um, a problem with in, in your soul. Ritually, it's like um, I had a problem with idolatry. So sexual sins, pornography, different things like that. I had that problem. Um, so searching and went through focus groups, went through, uh, was in my small group, accountability brothers, asked the Lord, always bring guys around me to keep me accountable. Uh, God always stayed faithful, bringing my small group with strong men to keep me accountable for for whatever case. So the Lord is faithful. Yeah. Yep. He is. Yeah. That's fantastic. You have to tell me, though, when you were, <clears throat> I want to know when you met y- your wife. Where did you meet her? I met my wife uh, in college. She used to work at the college. Okay. What college is this? Illinois. It don't exist anymore. Illinois Institute of Art, Culinary Arts. I oh, was wow. going to give my second certification to be in culinary arts. Yeah. Um, she worked at the school as, as a, 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 a accountant. She worked at accounting. Yeah. And me being flirtatious, I am coming in and say, Hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she won't, she won't admit to this, but uh, I said, can I bring you lunch? You know, cause as a culinary student, you can cook food. Yeah. So I brought her the macaroni and cheese. And fried chicken. <laughs> that did it. Yeah. Seriously, one bite of that mac and cheese, she was like, I'm in love. She, she didn't say, she'll tell you, that wasn't it. I'm like, but well, I think it was. <laughs> to me, it is. But I met her um, there, and she worked, at the, she worked at the school for a month, and they laid her off. Uh, that was weird, because I supposed to meet my wife there. 
Um, so yeah, I met her for a month, stayed with her, and within the six months we was married. Wow. Um, so I married. How old were you? I was twenty one. Oh, young man. I was tired. I could tell anybody I was just tired, but yeah. Jamel, you're a big guy. Did you ever want to play football? No, I played basketball. Did you? Yeah. You're I still play tall, basketball. You're also going to say you're also a tall guy. Yeah. I played basketball. Did you play in high school? And I did. That? A little bit. I played high school a little bit. But I used to because my mom's really didn't have the finance to give me anything or stuff like that. She, I used to just, was, I started working when I was 15. Yeah. So I, I worked, started from McDonald's on in. Really? When I was that was your, was that your first job? Yeah. McDonald's? Yeah. I was what, on what did you now. do? Everything. I did, literally, I did everything. I was a drive-thru, grill, cook, whatever, sweet floors, lobby, whatever they asked me to, I used to do everything. So, How long did you work there? Two years. Wow. Um, I worked there two years when I was there. Yeah, it was, it was a good job? I, I won't change it for the world. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. You know what? I've had lots of friends who've started at McDonald's, yeah. and they're like, you know, it does teach you it how to something. work. Yeah, yeah it teaches you how to work. It does, though. It yeah. does. That's really good. So um, you have two children now, though. Yeah. Okay. And so how old is your oldest? My son is 15. Elijah. Yeah. And your daughter? 11. 11. And her name is? Jada. Jada. Yeah. You like having kids? I love it. What's the best part of having kids? Um, Doing something my dad didn't do. Oh, yeah. And then truthfully, uh, um, the Lord... I didn't have a dad around. My dad, I know of him. I still respect him because as in Christ, we're supposed to respect our parents. Um, so I talked to my son a lot. I, I say, son, um, when I took my son to get his first haircut, it was meaningful to me because my dad wasn't there when I got my first haircut. Yeah. Um, when I watched my son, take his, you know, my wife recorded her first walk. Uh, being there as a father, teaching him the gospel, um, teaching him things that, I wish my father could do. That's the special thing about it. Um, seeing my son play his first football game, yeah. going to the games every day and cheering him on, no matter if he's doing bad, calming him down because I know he hate to lose. Yeah, all these different things that um, dads uh, can cherish. Yeah, I cherish it. So. Are you are you a, a kind father on the sidelines at the football game? I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm more no. I, Come on, I, Jamel. No, I am because I'm kind to around people around me. Yeah, but, but not Elijah. The, no, not the striped no. people on the. No, no, Elijah. Ground. No, it's Elijah. Okay. So with, with my son, I have to calm him down because he's a very passionate person. Yeah. So he'll get off the hinges quick. Yeah. And I said that ain't supposed. To, Elijah, I'm screaming through the thing. <laughs> you can't do that, you know. So um, right. he's learning though. He's yeah. Learning. What yeah. position does he play? He's a he's a lineman. Okay. Um, he's a big boy. You um, like it? He he likes it. He likes putting people on his butt. I mean, as I think I've been, I think he got that from me before. Um, act like man. He knows it. Like oh, I'm gonna be a, just like my dad putting people on his butt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, he loves it. Um, and he actually works out uh, a oh. lot. He goes. We play basketball now a lot. Yeah. Me and him. So, can't wait. That's fantastic, right? Yeah. I mean, it is one of the challenges, especially in the African, or in most communities, but especially in the African-American community these days, the fatherlessness is such a yeah. huge issue, right? So it's a well, profound thing to be able to break a cycle. Um, I won't put it all on the situation. In, uh, in the African-American community, when I grew up, um, the father was forced out the home because the system forced him out the home. Okay. Uh, 
how just by because the the woman, um, just by okay, the woman was on the public system. Yeah, right. The system built that you that for husband can't be there if they're on public systems. You can look it up and see. Okay, it's part of the rules, and you know, and um, a lot of guys probably I can, I would call them unfit, but they just was just beat down. Yeah. Um, I would love to get these guys to change the masses. Like you can, you can change your life. Yeah. And you can be in your son's life. It doesn't matter. You can be in your son's life, no matter what the system says. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, it's not just the African American community. It can also it can be any, any community that's got, is in the system. The system's built to break families. Yeah. Um, and it clearly is. Yeah. It's, and it's had that effect. Right. Yeah. Clearly is, is actually more often in, in, um, in African American, but yeah, the system's built to break our families. So, right. So like, I came to Harvest, and one of the first things I noticed is that it's a lot of white people. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what is good and what is hard about being like a visible minority in a church like ours? To be honest, I don't want to go to all black, all black church. Okay. There's my reasons. I have my reasons. My wife got a reason. Um, but yeah, I like to be in there. If you're going to be in heaven, you're not going to see this all black. No, you can, nor all white. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. You're not going to see all white. You're going to see multicultural people. You're going to see Indians. Yeah. You're going to see Chinese. You're going to see whatever. Any believer. Um, the minority thing is to come into harvest in this type of situation is um, changing people's mind about what they think about you. Mm. Uh, in the past, harvest had that issue trying to relate with the African-American consumer. Um, it's changing, but you can tell they still have that little bit. Um, in them, I said, oh, you know, but it's changing. So give everybody a piece of advice. How can they, how can they change to be more welcoming to multicultural people? That's a hard question. No, it's not. Except, except who they are. Yeah, it's good. Because uh, remember, most of these people come in broken just like we are already. But they, their skin color is just different. Yeah. Um, so... Um, just accept who they are and be be the be the the bride of Christ coming in with your open arms. Right, hospitality. Hospitality. Man. Yeah. Um, because if you don't, if you do that, uh, if you don't do that, they'll run. Um, and that's even when in men's ministry, guys, that's like going through something. If you're not open arms with them and saying and just say, "What's going on, brother? How can we help you as a church? How can a man come around you and pray over you?" Um, they gonna they're gonna run. And especially in African Americans, they're run because a lot of African American men do not want to be held accountable for their mistakes, but but they do want to be held accountable. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that the case about a lot of a lot of men yeah. <laughs> across the board. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, although the African American community has, in many ways, taken it on the chin in the states for a long time. So yeah, uh, yeah. So. Um, I have a thousand other questions, and they're rolling Ranger. through my head. You're wearing a, a polo shirt. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Hey, what is that? I got it dressed out. Man. I'm trying to look, you know. You look really. <laughs> you do. You look sharp. That's that's great. So what do you do? do you, so you trained to be a, a a chef, but now you're not doing that. No. Like, professionally I, or anything like I'm, that. What are you doing? I'm a food service director. So I'm in a retirement community, a nursing home. Um, so I take the elders. What's the, what's okay. So I want to know the name of the nursing home so that when I'm old, 
I can go to the Jamel where Jamel <laughs> gets to oversee the food nursing home. That's yeah. like the best nursing home anywhere. No, it's actually you can still got a budget. You still got to go through what they say. You still got things, but you can also have a chance. I have a boss to have a chance to play with the food and yeah. say and create. Um, he had his time say, hey, Jay, uh, I'd like to do something for the, the residents. I need you to do this and I'll just do that. Um, I have cooked for the residents sometimes. They know I can cook. So, they, yeah. yeah, I have a good re- rapport with the residents. It's just the old ones, the new ones, they come in, they don't know me, but the old ones know if you yeah. talk to them, you can actually get what you need. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I still got a budget. I still got a, um, you know, a kitchen to hold. But How long uh, have you been doing it there? Um, I went to healthcare. I've been almost 10 years. Um, I, got, I got out of the hotel room because it ruins your marriage. Uh, hotels are not built for marriage. It's not built for married people, believers, whatever. No, and imagine the hours would be really hard, right? Because Not just that. everybody's at night. Not just that. The temptation. Yeah. The temptation. People who are like transient, just. No, not just that. Um, the temptation is that you're not with your wife. You're not with your husband, right? You, yeah. You're in this place. Yeah. 10 days, 20, basically 20, 20 days out of a month, whatever, how many days, and you got four days off, you know, within. And you with these people that not with their husband and wives. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. So well, I, and they're often a long way away from exactly. And it's, it's, it's acceptable. So I told myself, I don't care if I be a bum. I never go into hotels, club, country clubs, hotels ever again. Yeah. It's funny so. that you say that because uh, a number of years ago, uh, I was getting asked to do a number of conferences and stuff, speaking and things. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who told me, can I give you a piece of advice, Jeff? If you start doing this, don't ever travel alone. And so I was like, well, it actually makes a lot of sense. And so mm-hmm. I started telling them, look, I don't, I don't really want a fee for preaching. Mm. Uh, what I would like you to do, though, is to, to pay for an extra plane ticket to, for my, whoever was with me. And so for years, man, I've traveled with different, different people all the time. And um, it's, it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it really is. Because you do. You recognize the... You know, a lot of these guys are business travelers and stuff. You do realize the the just massive temptation that it, that exists. Yeah. And there is, and because yeah, there are some men who are alone there, and then women who are alone there, and like it does, it feels like it's a fake world in mm-hmm. some ways. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not it's not a home world or anything yeah. like that. So yeah, I can understand why that would be that would mm-hmm. be the case. Yeah. So if I went to the Marriott, I don't get any good food anymore. Is that what you're telling I, me? I don't know. I've been there in years. Not so. like it used to be. <laughs> yeah. No, I ain't been there in a year. Anyway, so, okay, what's the yeah. best thing you make? Best food. You choose. No, what do you mean you choose? Okay, no. sorry. No, salmon? No, I, I, that's, I murder salmon, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite thing to make? As a chef, if a person tell you I'm a great Italian, that means you can't cook. Period. <laughs> that's right. Because I'm, I'm good at Italian food, right? You can boil I, I, that spaghetti and right. throw that package. I'm just being on. honest. You just, you, you, I, I never, any person asked me this over the years, say, Jay, Jay, what are you good at? I said, I'm not telling because I don't know. Yeah. If you taste my food, you taste anything I make, and you say it's good, that's what I'm good at. If yeah. you taste this, it's, it's awful, that means I'm not good at that. Let me tell you something that you make that would be awful. What's that? Collard greens. That Disgusting. won't be awful. Disgusting. That won't be no, awful. No, Jay. Jamel, they are. They're terrible. They're not terrible. You never had my collard greens before. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to make me. I go, tried. Now you're Listen, make I've me. tried. I have friends who said, no, Jeff, you love it. And so it's they the put what? it in front of me and I can't do it. It's Okay, can't I can make it, it with kale then. You like kale? Oh, no. 
What Any is wrong green. with you? Yeah, I could like greens, but the color greens. What about string beans? Oh, I can do string beans. Yeah. So I make it the same way as I make the string beans, same way I make the collard greens. And it's the same. All right. I, I believe you. Way. Seriously, I'm not going <laughs> to. I've eaten your food. I'm not going to question your ability to do it. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for me to, get, for me to do my uh, lightning round. Go that ahead. means that I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions that have nothing to do with anything, but I, I want to know. Mm-hmm. They might have to do, uh, yeah. Favorite sports team? Bulls. Best player ever on the Bulls. <laughs> Michael Jordan, man. <laughs> Come from the era of Michael Jordan. Have you ever met Michael Jordan? No, I haven't. Do you want, if I could arrange that, would you do, would love you do to it? Yeah. And my son. Meet I, the GOAT. <laughs> I can't. Do you think LeBron James is anywhere near as good as Michael Jordan? No, he's probably number four to me. Wow. You just said that. Yeah. All right. Who's, who's, you got, put you Kobe, got Jordan number one. You got to put Kobe Bryant before him. And then? Uh, you got to put number two. You got to go to the greats. You either Michael Jordan. You got to go with either Bird or Larry Bird or Magic like, Johnson. Like you got to go know. with. You got to go with Kobe Bryant. Then LeBron James. You can't go with LeBron. Kobe Bryant was just like the Michael Jordan. But you got to do that. So that's a, that's me. All right. What position you play in basketball? Uh, power forward center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you got a good fadeaway? No. Do you, are you? Are you? I imagine you rebound a lot. Yes, I do, and block shots a lot too. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. You can move a few people around down in the paint. I would think. Yes, I could. Yeah, and that would be that would be your, the strength of your game. Or are you a good shooter? I can shoot a little bit too. Okay, if I put you up by a three point line, are you going to hit that shot? Uh, 50-50, Yes. That's. I mean, that's amazing. Fifty fifty. Uh, if don't doubt the gamer, because I, I will surprise you, and I will hit one on you. So. Okay, could you take me off the dribble? Yes. What? I could. Probably. I, my <laughs> knees are shot. <laughs> but even before, I just, I was always slow. Me too, but I will take it. Yeah, but you could. can do, yeah. Probably you can do so. a cross. You can cross me over, can no, you? No, no, no. Will you I make just, me look stupid where I fall backwards? No, no, I won't do that. No. <laughs> I would not do that. <laughs> I love you too much. I All right. What's it? <laughs> <laughs> Have you, how did you go to Bulls games? Uh, once with my son. All right. Who played? Who did they play? This is when they played the Grizzlies, and my son was like nine. Okay. I took my son to his first Bulls game. All right. Yeah. The, now, uh, who do you listen to in hip hop now? Um, I li- still listen to Nas. I still listen to the Greats. Um, I still catch like KRS One. Um, Anyone new that you like? Uh, barely. Um, only ones I like that's new. I like mostly the Christian hip hop that's new. Okay. Um, Kendrick Lamar, probably listen to him. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, J. Cole, I might listen to him a little bit. Um, but I watch what they... You listen to a lot of Metallica too, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Guns N' Roses, Metallica. No. 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 How old are you? 43. 43 years old. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, child of the 80s. Yeah. What oh, kind 79. of 80s? 78, I was born. All right. Jamel, I'm so thankful that you were willing to do this. Hey, I enjoyed I could myself. Talk I'm to nervous. You. I could talk to you forever. And I didn't even tell you half of the stuff. I yet. know. We'll have to. I'm going to have to have a Jamel part two. <laughs> no, you won't. Where we, like, because this is just the introduction to Jamel. Yeah. And then Jamel part two is where we really get into the, the yeah, nitty, nitty gritty yeah. about how to. Hey, one last question, actually. It mm-hmm. might be longer question than, than uh, you thought. You, you talked to me one time. 
And you mentioned, because, uh, you know, there's all sorts of challenges. A lot of people out here in the Chicago suburbs, they, they read about the, some of the gang violence and some of the shootings and stuff in mm-hmm. Chicago. Why, why do you think that there's a rise in that right now? Is, it, is there something changed in the culture, or is, it, is that help people understand that at all? Or is, that, is it just like, you know, I, I don't know. When I grew up, um, we had, even the gangs had organizations. They had leaders. They had people to point to. Um, they had people to hold them accountable, just yeah. like the believers. Yeah. We got the Lord. We got guys around us to hold us accountable. Uh, when you took the people off the street, you took the accountability of people to keep these younger guys accountable for what they do. Uh, yeah. So it's basically when you take a father out of, out of the uh, home, it's the same thing. You're taking a man of authority away from them. Um, no matter what you do, how you do it, um, the authority is gone. So they have no sense of authority mm. at all. So, prime example, if we take my, you take my son away, if we take you away, you, if, 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 you, if so happy the Lord calls you, right? You, you leave, but your son is at the age of 10 or 11. What type of example you he'll have growing up to from 10 to 14, whoever's outside on the street. Yep. So if he got his examples as every, any person outside on the street, that's the example you're going to have. He's going to grow to be whatever that person is. He, need, he didn't have a person tell him, watch that person, see what he do. He's going to analyze that person, what he got. The culture says he got bling chains. He got yeah. all these different things. And that's what the kids want. They won't. They have because, remember, the kids don't have that. Yeah. Um, and the system has built a lot of group homes is what it is. It's group homes actually tearing up the system and – it's only one person or two people in a group home. And a lot of group homes are sexist, um, guys that's not teaching them biblical anything at all. Yeah. Uh, they have no control over them. Um, they aren't their fathers. They don't respect them. And they, got, they also got the people that's in the group home got hidden sins as well. Yeah. So the whole system is destroyed. Seems like a good place for the gospel. Yes. Yeah, because they all are. God bless you. You're such a guy. I love you very much. <laughs> this has been a real delight to talk to Jamel. If you see him around, you can't miss him. He is the tall, large, black friend. <laughs> and he would love, to, He would love. I'm sure, to, to say hi to you. He goes to Rolling Meadows campus, yeah? Yes, sir. Yeah, and he'll be around. And if you're lucky enough, you'll get something from him to eat. Yes, sir. Um, it's been great having you guys join us. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Yes, sir. Bye.